declare the scripture, Zechariah 2.5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, and I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pat Carr, who is an author, a home builder, decorator, image consultant, a motivational speaker, and a self-educated entrepreneur, and has also worked as a model. She is on the board of Oklahoma Commission on the Status of Women. And as she builds herself, she mentors others as well. Thank you, Pat, for being on Faith City Outreach to share your motivational and inspirational book, All Dreams Matter, Laws for Success from Science and Scripture. Well, thank you, Marina, for inviting me to join you today. I want you to know that my heart is full of gratitude for the opportunity to speak about my book, all dreams matter. Well, likewise, too. I really do appreciate you writing this book for, I mean, it's such an impeccable time because as I was reading this book, Pat, I was in the process of completing one of my biggest dreams, and that was to make Faith City Outreach a 501 nonprofit organization. And literally speaking, yesterday, was the official day that it became a nonprofit organization. So thank you so much. It was the perfect timing for God to send me your book to read it so that I can just be motivated and to complete it and to make it happen. Well, not necessarily me made it happen, but of course God made it happen for me. Well, congratulations to you. That is quite an accomplishment. And I know that it was very necessary for you to go forward with your dream. And your dream is God-given, not of your flesh, which means that the realization of your dream is going to help a lot of people around the world. So, Thank you. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. Thank you so much. I hope it does. And Pat, your book is full of biblical truths and principles for success, along with your intensive research on personal development. But at what exact point in your life did God put it in your heart to write this book, All Dreams Matter? Well, I have two answers to that, um, because I have been thinking about this book all my life. I have been planning to write this book all my life because in my opinion god puts our authentic dreams into our dna at the moment of conception now that may seem like a um, unusual thing to say does science support that well i can tell you what science does know right now science can look at a cell and tell you uh, well, I, a cell, I, I mean more of a um, an unborn child. And they can tell from that child's DNA how tall he will be or she, if it will be male or female, what color hair they will have, what color skin they will have, what color eyes they will have, how tall they will be. Those things are given to us as a sovereign gift from our Creator and I truly believe authentic dreams are in our DNA, and it's only a matter of time before science catches up with that. But I have two answers to when God put it into my heart. My second answer is that it only took three months from the time I sat down at my computer, and that was back in March of 2016, and I began to type this manuscript. You see, at that moment in time, I was desperate, Marina. I had lost my son, my firstborn child, who was born on my birthday, two years before, uh, June 4th, 2014. And um, I couldn't live in my skin one more moment. But I had to live because I had a husband and children and grandchildren that need me and love me. And so I had to find 
a way to live for them. And um, at that moment in time, I thought, I have got to live two lives, one for me and one for my son, Brent. He, um, he died after a lifelong battle with drug and alcohol, and his death was a mortal blow, but I didn't stop breathing. I decided that um, I had to live two lives, one for me, one for Brent, because he died before he could fulfill the dreams in his heart. So when I sat down to the computer, by putting my energy, my passion, and my time into writing All Dreams Matter, I found the emotional rest that I needed to keep on living. And so I finished it in three months. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm very sorry about your son's um, death, Pat. Um, But wow, you turned that tragedy into a, um, a success story an inspirational story for millions of people. And you're right. God put this in your um, purpose and plan, in your DNA, that he knew you were going to write this book to inspire, motivate millions of people who are either stuck in their dreams or people who have, let's say, um are scared of pursuing their dreams or who have stopped pursuing their dreams. And there is a scripture, Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. And that just reminds me what you said about in the DNA just a moment ago about God putting the dreams in our DNA. God knew you were going to write this book. And he knows your dreams, and he knows the dreams of every listener. Exactly. The dreams that scare you the most, the ones you think are not, you're not qualified to do, those are the ones that most likely are God-given and authentic. <clears throat> Exactly. For those who are listening and you think you're not qualified, well, God is going to qualify you to fulfill those dreams that he has put in your heart. And those who think that you're, um, let's say, um, what I'm saying, I guess it's just, yeah, just going back to being, not having the skills or the education or anything. Well, God is going to qualify you. He's giving you that anointing to fulfill the dreams that he has put in your life. Pat, what is a dream? Let's just start from there, just from scratch. What is a dream? What does the Bible say about dreams? Well, first of all, let me add that our dreams do not have an expiration date. Regardless of your age today, it's not too late and you're not too old. And we will have many, many dreams throughout our lives. Some we will outgrow. Some may even seem foolish in retrospect. And we may believe that our dreams are beyond our ability to have, but those are the ones that we are most likely are going to know they are God-given. If you can accomplish a dream or desire with little effort, that's not an authentic dream. That's simply our impulse desires of our flesh. And that's okay. You know, we want things If we want a new car, a new home, a new wardrobe, uh, that is fine. But if you have a dream to create something that is so important to your psyche, then no matter how many times you quit or walk away, you will always come back to that dream. That kind of dream will not let you go. And those dreams, in my opinion, are the ones in our DNA. And that's why I say they are a sovereign gift from God. When you develop your dreams, your talents become skills, and then your skills provide gifts of service to others. And that, my friends, is your purpose in life. Authentic, God-given dreams are a compulsion, a craving within our souls to create. 
Another way to tell if your, your dream is God-given is if it serves the needs of others. And I'll give you an example. My, my book serves as a guide to help people think, to grow, to mature, to change, and to understand themselves and others, and hopefully to find God. Uh, one example, if you want to own your own business, that business will serve the needs of other people. Exactly. Just like uh, this radio ministry, it's serving to help other people. You know, God brings those people to be interviewed. And of course, we glorify them through their testimonies, through what God has done in their lives. And so they inspire people right now. They, um, they motivate people like yourself right now, where we're talking about all dreams matter. Pat, I really really like what you said about dreams not having an expiration date. What would you say to people right now if like, I mean, there's so many people that you meet and they're like, oh yeah, I used to have a dream of, you know, and then they finish the sentence. And, but, you know, now I'm 65 years old. So, you know, it's too late. What would you say about that? Well, I would say it's never too late. Um, if you really want to have satisfaction in your daily life, you've got to be in pursuit of a dream. You've got to be creating something that is meaningful to you. And we do that, you know, by having dominion over our thought life. People back away from their dreams because of all the thoughts that are running through their mind that tell them they can't do it. And um, as long as you're listening to those thoughts, you won't do it. So you have to define your dream. What is it that you want more than anything else that you would really like to create? Dreams that are authentic will be something we create out of our own thought life. And that's why dominion is so important over your minds. We will never have dominion over our um, lives or the people around us until we have dominion over our thought life. And that's a challenge, uh, Marina, because we're literally assaulted day and night by negative, murderous lies. And I say murderous because any thought that doesn't give us peace of mind or reinforce our purpose kills our dreams and it kills our motivation to fight the good fight. Having dominions over our thoughts is simple but not easy. But here's the thing, to take dominion is just a decision. And that decision is the North Pole setting on the compass of our daily lives. It gives us direction toward our goals. What do you listen to on the radio when you're uh, driving in your car? What do you watch on TV? What books or blogs do you read? What podcasts do you regularly watch? And who are you around all day? Are these voices proactive? Are these voices uplifting or demeaning? You know, there's a saying, show me your friends and I will show you your future. We will never make our dreams come true in a negative environment. It's a struggle to keep our minds positive, even in the company of positive people, because of the persistent, random, and ridiculous thoughts that run through our minds. That is true. And life is full of daily decisions like you, yes. you had yes. talked about. I mean, we, we decide what we see. We decide what we hear. We decide who we're with. And that's why I say it's a decision. Right. If you really want to make your dreams come true, you have to define that dream. You have to have the discipline to set a goal and a plan of action. And that's how we overcome our fears also by focusing on a plan of action. <clears throat> so um, can you explain that, that plan of action a little more so that our listeners can better understand it and maybe get some examples there? Well, our fears fade into the background when we focus on the activities that move us toward our dreams. There's just no room for fear in our minds or in our day when we're working on a plan of action. And when we add goals to our dreams and we start working on a plan to achieve them, mm -hmm. we're too busy to think about our fears. 
when we put our focus on adding something worthwhile into our daily life, instead of taking something away, it's just easier. And this is a process that works uh, in other areas, including weight loss. Um, you know, instead of thinking about what it is that we can't eat when we're trying to lose weight, if we would think about adding things like eight glasses of water a day or an apple a day, those are easy things to do to add. And then you automatically feel fuller and you automatically eat less. Taking away something uh, that our flesh wants, uh, that's against our will. Uh, and that's a hard thing to do, but adding is easy. So adding actions, a plan of action that will move us toward our goals is everything in accomplishing those dreams. And they can just be very simple steps because those simple steps will take us, um, basically will help us fulfill those dreams or accomplish those dreams that God has given us and placed in our DNA. You know, it's so important to guard what we watch, what we see, what we hear, <clears throat> because our minds are colored by what it holds. Did you ever tie dye a t-shirt or a garment? Did yes, I have. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you don't wear rubber gloves, your hands and fingernails will be stained mm -hmm. forever. Forever. The dye penetrates into your cells and it stays there until new skin cells are produced. Mm -hmm. So when we are serious about making our dreams come true, we need to wear a protective covering over our thoughts. And that protective covering is the word of God. Amen, because those thoughts can have negative words and can have, um, a, well, yeah, there's negative words that stop us, which is really the enemy talking to us and trying to stop us from fulfilling God's word. But, you know, we need to renew our mind. That goes back to the word of God, renewing our minds with his word. And the God-given dreams that you were talking about and you mentioned they don't let us go. I mean, God keeps have it, having those dreams in our minds. And they're dreams like, for example, you know, my dream of the radio ministry that uh, God just um, basically um, made it happen for it to be a nonprofit organization. He wouldn't let that go. But I'm not going to lie to you. There were moments in time where I said, Does, do you really want this, God? Is this really from you? Because I really want it to be from you and not from me. Not something I want to create. I want it to be from you. But time and time again, he kept giving me that, those confirmations and giving me the confirmations over and over. And finally, I just kept pushing along no matter what and keep my eyes on him. And finally... He made it happen. And so that's what, you know, I think what you're telling you know, our listeners is to focus on the dreams, focus on God, not the, those nagging words, those negative words that continuously try to play in our minds. How about when you mention that fear is the predominant reason why we, get, we give up or never give to pursue our dreams? You also mentioned that in the Bible, it mentions fear not 365 times, which we should put to the side and embrace a new paradigm for progress. You mentioned the scripture Genesis 1, 1, 2, which is God's formula for creating. Can you explain how this helps people conquer their fears to pursue their God-given dreams? Well, anytime we duplicate a pattern that God has given us in the Bible, we're, we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to lose. And God's formula in Genesis 1, 1 and 2 is first, God had a dream. Second, he partnered within the Trinity. And third, he spoke that dream into existence. So people need to think about what they really want in their life and, and not think about the reasons that they can't have it. You have to start where you are and with what you have. 
First, you have a dream. Next, you're going to need partners. God is your partner, number one. So if it's just you and God, that's enough. But you know, we will need other people in our lives uh, to help us move forward. And then number three, you speak those dreams into existence. The word of God is everything. God's word reigns. We must speak out loud God's promises and provisions for us to build our dreams. I really like the real life stories about people you knew or met to illustrate your principles of success. For example, Mrs. Johnson, whose kindness and encouragement and wisdom was demonstrated in her gift of service. And as a consequence, many people made wiser choices and moved toward better paths. You stated in your book that each of us can change the world with a gift of service, just like Mrs. Johnson did. Can you add something to this, please? Yes, Marina, life is difficult for all of us. We pass people on the street, in the mall, at the grocery store, all day. And mm -hmm. often we are on an introverted mindset because we're focused on our agenda. And so we look right past others, not intentionally dismissing them, but not intentionally acknowledging them. And here's the thing, Marina, people are hurting. Even when they're smiling, they are hurting. A warm, sincere smile and eye-to-eye -eye contact has more power than you can imagine. Well, I remember an event I went to when I was only 24 years old. My husband and I went to a Christian businessmen's banquet one evening. And I think it was around Christmas because everyone was dressed up. And this is a time in my youth where I was tormented with self-contempt and feelings of inadequacy. I was just constantly agonizing over my hair, my makeup, my clothes. And I couldn't look people in the eye because I expected rejection. Well, at the end of the evening, as people were exiting the room, a lady in the front of me stopped abruptly and I accidentally walked into her. Well, I froze in fear. She was wearing a fur stole, diamond earrings, a very elegant dress, and her clothing alone intimidated me. Um, so I braced myself for her rage, but that didn't happen. When she turned around, her face was full of love, and um, she even apologized to me. And I was stunned, just stunned. I thought about it all night and many, many nights over the years. And that became a pivotal moment for me because I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to have the capacity to love anyone and everyone. That moment in time was for her something she forgot when she walked away. But for me, it was life changing. She looked me in the eyes, she smiled, and she acknowledged me as an equal. She didn't judge me. She didn't reject me. And I was flabbergasted. Well, that encounter gave me another window to look at myself as someone worthy of respect. I felt like I didn't belong there in that room with those successful men and women. And that sooner or later, they would realize I was an imposter. That's how important it is to smile and acknowledge people. It can be life-changing. And for that moment in time, it was for me. That is so true. You bring up a very important point. And sometimes some of us are just so busy um, just thinking about what we have to do throughout the day when we're at work and we're passing by so many people that we forget to smile. <laughs> you know, we're so busy just in our minds, just thinking about, you know, our work or, or our, our concerns or worries. And so we, we just fail to smile. Um, I have to say that that's something I have to work on doing sometimes I'm just so caught up in thinking of you know what I'm going to do next and I walk by and I'm like oh I forgot to even 
say hi to that person. <laughs> so that's something that God is helping me to work on right now. But it is so important to do that. Um, Pat, I know that God looks at her heart versus people that are um, at her outer experience or appearance, I should say. And thank God for this. But why is, is this so important that we present ourselves in a more polished and professional manner in pursuit of our dreams? Well, first of all, let me just say that science research has shown that when we meet new people, they assess us subconsciously. I'm not saying that we judge others. But on a subconscious level, we assess others and we are assessed in only three seconds. Mm -hmm. And this is an old saying, but it's true. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that first impression is important because we need the favor of others to make our dreams come true. Nobody does anything by themselves. We may need advice. We may need a loan, a job. Or, or just information. And there are millions of people in this world and they all want something. So when you ask for help of another person, why would they stop their lives to help you? Yes, I know there are many good people willing to do that, but people are busy. They have too much to do and not enough time to do it. But you know, if they like our appearance, then they like us and they're much more likely to help us. So I'm sorry. We are attracted to the appearance of things. Our visual impressions draw us to the most attractive display, no matter what we're looking for. Even in the grocery store, Marina, you know, <laughs> a bright, shiny cellophane package of strawberries is much more appealing than an unwashed bunch together in a bin. We pay more because they look better. And that is true with all purchases. That's so true. What do you think about um, the professional uh, attire now these days? Because I know in this generation, um, what, is, what is professional looking now is different from what it was in the past. Well, there are some principles that will never change, though. Okay. Uh, I'd like to say the most attractive thing that any of us will ever wear is a genuine smile. People are drawn to an engaging smile, even if our teeth are less than perfect. But after that, cleanliness is paramount, and your clothing should not be wrinkled. You know, if we look casual, that can be interpreted on a subconscious level as someone with a casual attitude toward their work. And I would like to give you some basic guidelines that would help present a more polished and professional image, if you'd like that. Absolutely. Please share. Well, number one, wear solid colors rather than prints. Now, I'm speaking here about a professional image, not sportswear, not playwear. When you need credibility or you want authority because you're in a leadership position or you aspire to have a leadership position, solid colors are best. Number two, you know, it depends on if you were applying for a job, what is that job? There's a dress code for different uh, jobs. But it, for a man, if you were wearing a cotton knit T-shirt, well, then find a shirt that has a collar. Just having the collar alone will give you more status. Number three, cover as much of your skin as possible and still be appropriate. Science studies have shown that we lose credibility when we expose our flesh. That means your toes, your armpits, your cleavage, all of that will diminish credibility. And if you are on stage, you should especially avoid sleeveless clothing when you're waving mm -hmm. because nobody wants to see your armpit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number five, don't cut yourself in half visually with a jacket and or bottoms. Um, use the one-third or two-thirds guideline. I'll give you an example. If you have a long jacket, don't wear a long skirt. That cuts you in half. Mm. Long jacket needs a shorter skirt. A short jacket 
needs a longer skirt. Now, when you're wearing trousers, that gets a little bit more difficult. But um, just try to remember not to wear a jacket that stops across the broadest part of your hips. That's not necessarily a challenge if you're thin and slender, but for most of us, we've got a little bit more in that area and a jacket that stops around the fullest part of our hips will draw attention to our hips, um, which is not really what we wanna do. Number six, avoid black for daytime. It's just too formal. It's intimidating and it's predictable. Avoid bright colors. And for 80% of the population, we should avoid warm colors. And warm colors are the ones you see in autumn. Olive green, russet reds, gold. Those are warm tones. And then number seven, have your clothes altered to fit your body. You know, there's nothing wrong with a person's body. But if their clothes don't fit them, it doesn't how much you pay for them, you'll look sloppy or unkempt. So this was something that I learned uh, early on from an image consultant. And I thought, you know, I shop for quality, but I'm a thrift store buyer. I, I don't buy high-end stuff. And the idea, you know, I found something for $40 and it's great, but now I need to go spend $40 to have it customized to fit my body. That just kind of uh, was unsettling to me. But I have learned that it is worth it. One outfit, one ensemble that fits your body gives you so much credibility with other people. They can't maybe articulate what it is that's different about you, but on a subconscious level, they know that what you're wearing honors you. And that's the goal of a professional image consultant is to help men and women uh, know the difference between clothing, colors, and styles, and fabrics that honor who they are, they honor their DNA, um, and then everything else that's out there. Now, you did say don't wear warm clothes, warm color clothes, or do wear us Because we have cool undertones. Mm -hmm. Cool undertones are like primary colors, black, white, red, sort of those colors. But you also have gray down um, colors that have cool undertones. It's the undertone. It needs to be cool or blue versus warm or gold. And this is a whole seminar on its own, color theory and analysis. Now, what about those spandex pants that people now wear with, like, um, uh, let's say, a, um, a jacket, those professional jackets? What kind of pants did you say? They're, they're, they're like spandex pants. They're really tight on your body, but you see a lot of people wearing them now in this generation in, in every workplace just about. And then they put like a professional jacket um, on. So I don't know. Well, let me give you a scenario. Let's say you are a woman and you're going to be speaking before uh, an audience, maybe of your peers, maybe your coworkers. It doesn't matter where you're speaking but you're on a stage and the stage is elevated. So the men and women in the audience are looking on at you and what is at their eye level? Okay, think about that. Mm -hmm. Is it outlined and defined with those stretch pants? Yes. Is that where you want the focal point to be when you're delivering a message? No. So if you want to wear those stretch pants um, for running, for sports, other things, but not for speaking on stage and not for a professional image. It's sexual attire is what it is. That's what I thought. I just wanted to get your input since um, you are an image consultant. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach with today's special guest, Pat Carr, who is an author, home builder, decorator, image consultant, a motivational speaker, and a self-educated entrepreneur, and has also worked as a model. She is on the board of the Oklahoma Commission on the Status of Women, and as she builds herself, she mentors others as well. 
I am talking with Pat right now about her motivational book, All Dreams Matter, Laws for Success from Science and Scripture. Pat, in your book, All Dreams Matter, you state that in the first book in the Bible, Genesis, God gives us a pattern for creating. This is a pattern that can be used to help us create the life we want to live. But God's pattern is overlooked. Can you share more about this? Well, God's pattern in Genesis 1 and 2 is given to us so that we can make our dreams come true. You know, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. Without a dream, people have no hope or purpose in their lives. The word perish means to suffer ruin or destruction. And Marina, this is why we see so much anger and criminal activity in the world. Without a dream, there's no hope. And without hope, there's no reason to live. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And um, I like how you mention in your book that when we should not think that our success is simply for our pleasure or for monetary gain or fame or vanity, what is the ultimate reason why we should pursue our dreams and who is benefiting from our achieved dreams? Well, we all benefit. We achieve greater global success when our success when we are successful on an individual basis. We honor God, we honor society, and we honor ourselves when we fight the good fight of pursuing our dreams. Because even when we fail, we leave our mark on all those around us who have watched us, watched our courage in the face of adversity. The reason we should pursue our dreams is because God dictates us. It's a mandate. He doesn't dictate. We have free will. But he has given us a mandate to have dominion. We won't have dominion until we solve the problems in this world. And we solve these problems by pursuing the dreams, those heartfelt dreams to create something that is a compelling passion in our lives because that will serve the needs of others. That's so true. And it's, it's not for our gain. It's not to glorify us. It's to glorify God. Yes. I like how you stated in bold print in your book. I mean, throughout your book, you have so many positive um, quotes and also biblical uh, scriptures. And you had mentioned, first, God had a dream. Second, he partnered with others. Third, he spoke his dream into existence. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, in Genesis 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Well, in the beginning, Marina, our conception, that's our beginning. We are just like God. Our dreams are without form, waiting in the darkness. But the Spirit of God is there in that darkness, hovering, waiting to partner with us in the co-creation of our heartfelt dreams. That's true. So they're there. We just need to um, take that step of faith and complete them, right? Yes. And it goes on to my next question is that when we have a step of faith, um, we also are going to be discouraged at times, right? Yes, of course. And in the pursuit of our dreams, um, what can you give, or you actually give an example of King David and that we should read God's promises? when we're having times of discouragement. 
Can you please share more about this? Well, we're all going to have times of discouragement. The uh, scripture in the book that I speak about is Samuel 36. And this is when King David had taken his army into another area to fight a battle that I'm sure he believed that that was God's will for him to do. Unfortunately, when the army came home, they found that uh, another evil tribe had come in and murdered everyone except uh, their children and their wives, which they took captive. And so you, if you can even imagine that scenario, uh, the army and David wept and wept until they, they could not weep any longer. And then they began to be very angry at David. And uh, so can you imagine that kind of discouragement? But this is what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. He went to God's word. He began to praise God. And that's what we have to do, too. We have to encourage ourselves. Now, I have something that I do to encourage myself daily. And um, I, I'd like to share that because maybe it'll be helpful. You know, numbers are important to God, and they have a symbol in the Bible. The number one is God uh, in the Bible. Well, we can see the number one everywhere we go uh, during the day because of the digital phones that have the time, 1, 1, 1, 1, 11, 11, a.m., p.m., comes around twice a day. But you can also see numbers on billboards. You see them on street sign addresses. You see them on the car tags in front of you. So when I see the number one, I'm reminded God is with me. He promises that he is will never leave me. And when I see the number two, and I have been seeing 222 for a couple of years now, which is another interview, but two is partnership. It's mm. you plus God. Well, number three is the Trinity. Number four represents the four corners of the earth, north, east, south, west. And that reminds me when I see fours that God has promised to take all dreams matter around the world. He's given that promise to me. Number five is God's grace. When I see fives, I remember, yes, I messed up yesterday. I messed up this morning, and I'm going to mess up tomorrow, but thank God I have God's grace. So when I, that's how I encourage myself. I see the numbers, and I remember what they mean in the Bible. Hmm. Number six is the number for humanity. Number seven is the number for completion. God created the world in seven days. So I remember God will complete my purpose and the work in my life. Number eight is the number for new beginnings or the number for Jesus. So when I see eights, I'm thankful and thoughtful of the fact that every day is a new day. Every day is a new beginning for me. And that's one way that I encourage myself to focus on the promises of God for me. That's great. Do you have a biblical scripture other than the, um, the numbers that you have used many times throughout the times of your discouragement while you were pursuing your dreams, Pat? I do. Romans 12, 3. God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, you may wonder, how much is a measure? And that answer is, all that you need. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Pat, your book at the very end mentions a woman who you mentored, your mentee, Gloria. This was very inspirational, especially how you ended it. Um, can you share the story about Gloria? And um, I know you met her through a ministry called Team. Yes. And um, I would like for you to mention um, 
a little bit about her towards the end. I, I didn't want to totally just read the whole thing on your book, word for word, but it has to do with what she chose. She had met a friend um, and she told her friend that she was going to stay um, away from eating pork. And she did it for, she wanted to do it for three months. 12 months. Oh, 12 months, 12 months. But I guess she needed three more months or something like that? Uh, probably, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk about a little bit, give more a little history on Gloria? I know that she um, had a um, challenging time in um, in her um, life because she said that she was, you had mentioned that she was, um, arrested because she was in a car full of friends and drugs. And so she was pulled over by, um, by the police and arrested. And she was sentenced for, I guess, three years in prison. Yes. And then you had met her. Uh, met her. And so from there, um, how many times did you actually get to mentor her? Was it on a weekly basis? Was it on a um, monthly basis? Well, I, I was with her at least once a week for a period of time, and then later less than that, but on a regular basis. Um, Gloria's story is <laughs> remarkable. Mm-hmm. She had a um, horrific childhood. She was from California, and there was abuse in the home and drugs in the home and given by a family member. And um, she just, she was traveling through Oklahoma, like, like you said, and got pulled over. And she was sentenced to three years in prison, and she was sent to Minnesota for that prison. Well, upon release, she was sent back to the state where she was um, incarcerated or, or arrested, and that was Oklahoma. And so... Um, the Education and Employment Ministry here in Oklahoma City uh, takes these men and women who are in transition from prison back into society, and they work with them, and they try to um, ascertain what it is that person needs to go back into society and to have a job. And so um, a mentor is proven to make a difference. And I... Um, very much wanted to mentor. Well, I've always mentored uh, women, but this was something new, women in transition. And I just adored her. She was just so uh, fun and full of life and innocent in her eyes. Um, She had a background that was not innocent, but I saw in her hope, courage, and of course I saw a little bit of fear too. And I just bonded with her the moment I saw her. And um, at one point during her transition, I got permission. It was her birthday. It was in March. Then I got permission to take her to brunch. Of course, I had some presents for her and uh, a birthday card. And um, we, when we were ordering and she didn't order the bacon and I asked her why, and she explained that she was giving it up to honor her friend, and she was doing it for a full year. And I, I remember putting my fork down, and I leaned forward, and I said, Gloria, if you can do that, you can do anything. And I, I remember the look on her face. Her eyes got big, tears welled up, and she said, really? And I said, Yes. If you have that kind of discipline and commitment toward a goal, you can do anything. And let me tell you, you will not believe what that girl has done. She worked three jobs and had to walk from her apartment to those jobs at night without a car. She was cleaning tables. They won't let felons wait on clients who take the money. But so she was cleaning. So she was making very little money, but she held down three jobs. She went on to school, to college. She has completed her first degree. 
She is um, enrolled in Southern Nazarene University coming up this fall. And she was, she had her plane ticket and was set up to go with a local ministry to China to minister because she's paying it forward. Um, and the only reason they did not go this year was the coronavirus shut everything down. But, but that's how far that girl has gone with her grit, with her grace, with her determination, with her commitment. And uh, yes, she read my book and loved it. <laughs> so, um, I and every one of these women that I work mm-hmm. with, they're all different. They're all different ages. They're different nationalities, different races, and uh, but they all want to make a contribution. They want to be well. I don't know any of them that wants to be an addict. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Now, do you still keep in touch with the women that you've uh, mentored? Oh, yes. Yes, uh, this first one calls me mother, and, and I consider her my third daughter. Uh, I, I have a lifetime commitment and engagement with these young women. They're not all young, but um, I wouldn't walk away from them just like I wouldn't walk away from any friend. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been mentoring uh, women that have been incarcerated, Pat? Four years, but I've always mentored women. I just okay. didn't know that the prisons needed mentors. The moment I found that out, I volunteered. Wow. What is one thing that um, inspires you about mentoring women? Well, a lot of people think that because my son was an addict and... Um, was put in jail a couple of times. Uh, many people just assume that I'm, I do it because of him, and that's really not. I would have done it regardless. Uh, because, you know, I had a difficult childhood, and one wrong step. Mm-hmm. I could have been in jail. Just one misstep. I really think that's true of all of us. Wrong moment, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. One small act, poor judgment, and any of us could go to jail. And then life spirals downward at that point. And then the Bible tells us to minister to those who are in jail. So it's, it's a scripture. It's a um, commandment from God to go into the jails and to mentor. And by the way, Last um, summer, I produced a video that follows me as I mentor three women in transition. And this was done in cooperation with the Education and Employment Ministry and the Assembly of God Church uh, in Mustang, Oklahoma. This video, you hold your breath. It, it, you can't help but cry. But it is powerful, the transformation, how you get to see these are just people like your friends, your neighbors, your kids, your parents, your cousins. These are human beings, and um, their stories, they're heartbreaking. But you see their courage. You see their commitment. You see they have a dream They have someone who believes that they can achieve their dreams and they are willing to listen and to take um, advice and to follow that advice and do what they need to do. That's remarkable. It's the most beautiful thing in the whole room. Wow. I would like to get a hold of that uh, video and actually put it on my website. Absolutely. It's free for public use. Okay. It's free for pu- public or, f- or private use. It's on YouTube. Okay. Or, or you can see it at Vimeo.com 36993399. Can you repeat that again? Yes. Yes. Vimeo.com forward slash 36993399. 
833-989-3989. It's titled, Because You Can. I want to encourage people to consider becoming mentors for the blessings that they will receive. It's a true saying, you cannot outgive God. And when we're able to spend time and, and, and invest in God's people, we will be blessed in the process. You know, through the mentoring program, people are finding a hope again. If the church doesn't step up to the plate, who's going to do this? Because we have the answer. It's not just the counseling. It's not just the system. The answer is Jesus Christ. No statistics tell us that most of these people that go through the prison system, at some point or another, they will transition back to once again being imprisoned. But what we have discovered, that if someone can have a mentor, over 90% of those who have a mentor that walks with them find a place of being uh, delivered, being set free, and being taken to a place where they are once again living in society. We're talking about moms. We're talking about dads. We're talking about sons. And we're talking about daughters. I found myself in the parking lot of the Oklahoma County Jail two or three times to pick up my son. And when he would come out, he would scan the parking lot and he sees me and he comes and gets in the car. But then I saw the mass of humanity that came out with him. And there was no one in the parking lot to get them. They moved into the night in different directions, alone. And I thought, where are these people going? What is their chance of not going back to jail? Would it surprise you to know that mentoring makes a difference? Why? Maybe because for the first time, someone respects them enough to listen to them, to care about them, to offer non-judgmental friendship. And this type of affirmation, it can be life-changing. We're not talking about a lot of time. We're talking about one or two hours a month that you can just take time to sit with somebody, to be with someone, and to share Jesus Christ. You will be amazed at the difference that you will make in a person's life if you can just share your heart, what Christ means to you. The men and women that I have met hate their addictions, and they feel great shame and remorse. Their suicide rate is high. If punishment worked, none of these men and women would go back to jail. Albert Einstein said, when the solution is simple, God is answering. Mentoring is free. Mentoring is simple. Mentoring makes all the difference in the world. A lot of people out there have just never had anyone in their lives to to point them in the right direction, a productive direction. It's something that we're in desperate need of. Let me give you two reasons why you should mentor. Number one, because you can. And number two, because it's the right thing to do. This is your opportunity to become a hero in someone's story of redemption. I never had a mother figure to show me love and fun and how to be a woman. She loved me before I loved myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself. I didn't know how to love myself. My life today is just, it's just amazing. Like I'm a student in college, which I never thought I would be. I continue to maintain a 4.0, which I never thought, I, I never made the honor roll in my life. You would think, you know, 90, 120 days in jail, oh, that's enough. Why would anybody want to go back and get high again? Because you go back to the same people. Those friends don't want you to be successful. Those friends want you to get high again. I realize that if you don't make decisions to, to change things, if you don't have somebody that's willing to invest in you and to help you when you don't believe in yourself, you don't know how to get better. Pat is an inspiration to me every day. 
over the course of time when the transformation occurs, I mean, it, they just begin to beam and they become very bright lights uh, within our community. I have a nice life today. I'm able to give my kids the life that I wish I could have had growing up, but I'm not angry anymore that I didn't get to have that life. Men and women who are re-entering society from the criminal justice system, it is a golden opportunity to demonstrate and to show the tangible love of Jesus Christ. I think that's where the church gets to shine, but it's also a tangible way to see the love, the heart, the mind of Jesus Christ in return. There's people out here all over the place that need a mentor. That's for men and women. Please, share. Share your life with someone that's screaming for someone to love them and to guide them. I'm Pat Carr, and I'm a mentor. Will you be a mentor? Will you be a hero in someone's story of redemption? you came now how long is the video well it's i think it's like 12 minutes okay the, the church great. was planning to use it and team is planning to use it and both of them need to cut it down to about half that so uh they are going to do their own editing um f for their purposes but the right. video is about 12 minutes long and it is on YouTube because you can. Okay. And um, can I use it too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And share it. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pat, for um, just coming to share your heart, your past experiences, and share those inspirational, motivational stories that really um i know are just motivating people right now to reflect on their dreams their god-given dreams and to move forward pat where can people purchase your book all dreams matter at amazon.com or my website which is pat car consulting P-A-T-C-A-R-R-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. Pat Carr Consulting. P-A-T-C-A-R-R-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. Or Amazon. Beautiful. Thank you so much again, Pat, for being on Faith City Outreach. And it has encouraged me to pursue, continue pursuing and accomplishing my dreams. And also, Pat, um, so when people accomplish their dreams, is there more to dream? I mean, should we be dreaming more? Oh, my goodness, yes. There's Absolutely. more than one dream in all of us. Uh, your outreach here will exponentially lead you into other areas where your expertise can be used, where you can have new dreams. The world is waiting for you, Mariana. Thank you so much. Indeed, in this book, you state every page that all dreams matter, Pat. And I want to read the quote that you have at the very end of your book. A man can fail many times, but he isn't a failure until he begins to blame someone else. John Burroughs. Yes. So I want to end with that. And I also, um, if you could please end in prayer for those people who have, um, let's say, given up their dreams, let's just pray for them, for them to return back to their God given dreams and accomplish them. You'll never forgive yourself if you quit. Every day is a new day. And God is working behind the scenes, moving you forward to the people and the places that you need to move ahead. If you think the struggle to fight for your dreams is too painful, 
try living a life where you quit too soon. Father God, in Jesus' name, I lift up every listener. I call forth the power of the Holy Spirit to saturate us with supernatural faith to fulfill our dreams and our purpose in life. And I believe this for you today, and I decree and declare that in Jesus' name, it is done. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women Christian Chamber of Commerce Embassy and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswat.com.